Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Vleeties. My name is Ryan Van Vleet. Sitting across from me is Sonic Gino. I'll get your picture up in a second, Gino, but how are you tonight? Man, this was a great night. I've been catching up on some stuff again. Thankfully, I saw in our messages you were catching up on some wrestling that you missed, but hopefully you were able to catch up and watch some maze wrestling we had this Friday night with fucking SmackDown alongside an event that was probably the best event this entire weekend against all odds. So I did not watch TNA yet. I know that was the one you were like, please watch TNA. Um, I did not watch that, Gino. I watched um, Money in the Bank. Now, I was... I, I watched most of it uh, yesterday, and then I wa- I you know what I watched most of it today, and I gotta be honest, amazing. Uh, now I I saw you poo poo. Were you poo pooing this in the chat? I thought I heard you poo pooing it while it was on. I was like upset in the moment. I was just like, this is just a bad event. Both the UFC event and this going on, they were just both terrible events of sports. All against all, it was an amazing night. But then after the fact, that main event decision, I realized. This is a good call from WWE to see the future that but, I plan, what I predict for theory as a theory. But do you just mean, <clears throat> do you just mean theory winning was the only good thing because you were not liking it until the very end? Is that accurate? That's not right. I mean, there were like ups and downs, like Liv winning was kind of nice, awesome. but then I was just like, this was too obvious, especially like when she came out for the money of the big match, you could tell, oh, she's breathing heavy she's crying she's gonna win yeah well yeah she was crying yeah that part of it was a little silly like oh come on like she was like she was doing the reverse james storm like james storm comes out looking pissed like can't believe i'm gonna lose to fucking bobby Roode tonight meanwhile Liv morgan's running out there with tears like oh i'm gonna win like bianca at wrestlemania like we did it so this really was yeah that that was off-putting a little bit but it didn't make me think she was gonna win immediately part of me just thought she was excited to go out there uh once she won then it was okay well that's why she was crying um and then oh my gosh she won the match she won the belt later on you know it was such a good show and i was even i grew up during 2003 you know and there were eight matches on pay-per-view cards like you wanted a full pay-per-view you got eight matches Sometimes there would be seven, and you would think, what the fuck? Why is there only seven? And this pay-per-view, is is this the new direction of WWE? Like, less is more? We don't need eight matches on every pay-per-view. We need six matches, like an NXT TakeOver. And they gave these matches time. I was shocked how long some of these matches were. Do we, does Wikipedia have the have the match times up, you think? And I'm sure, assuming Wikipedia would always have the match times up because people do keep track of that more than I used to. Because what I hate with WWE is when I do notice it for the first time, I can't stop noticing the camera cuts. And there's this spot that people on Twitter even put it up there of when Oscar is doing this combo of strikes with Becky. There's 12 camera cuts in pretty much like 12 seconds. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's like a high because like it. Because I know what Kevin Dunn's trying to do. He's trying to make it seem like these strikes have more impact. And it just reminds me of there's this beatdown that set it to Cesaro on SmackDown where he's just doing like punches on the ground at Cesaro. And every fucking strike, it's just camera cut, two camera cuts, sometimes three for one strike or two strikes so quickly. It's just the cuts. I know what he's trying to do because he's just this machine now that Kevin Dunn created of us realizing, oh, these strikes are so much more powerful because of these cuts that you just don't even notice it. You can't even pay attention to it. Because just how quick they are. Yeah, but it makes it more action-packed. I don't know. I don't know what this means. I don't even notice that, number one. Hi! 
Malachi just throwing him out. Spliff says, Vleeties, what? It's the worst thing ever. So maybe you guys are watching it way too closely. Like maybe it's on. Maybe you have Oculus Rifts on your heads watching wrestling. But I didn't even notice any camera cuts. I just watched the match. And maybe because you watch a lot of indie wrestling where they have two cameras in the whole arena, it's like, oh, well, they just leave the camera there and they have one guy on the ring apron like kind of doing shit. Otherwise, it's all on the boom. Uh, I didn't notice camera cuts. I thought this was a great opening match. Now, I will say Shotzi Blackheart deleted her Twitter account today. Um, because she was getting harassed for how shitty she was in this match. Malachi Black says money in the bank was awesome. Thank you, Nathan. I thought this whole show was fantastic. Um, and very happy to be surprised. Also, we talk about having long matches. How long are these video packages these guys are putting together? Like this, uh, that Bobby Lashley theory match, I thought was the main event of a WrestleMania. Like I was so excited the way they built this match. I couldn't believe that we were getting this on Money in the Bank and not at SummerSlam. Like they did such a good job with these video Tyler packages. Tyler says, "Thank you, Gino, for the weird game." Yeah, the weird. What's a weird game, Gino? What does that mean? Uh, it's something I might have gifted him just to be as a nice friend. You know, I had a little bit of spare cash aside to be nice so he could have a fun game to stream when he gets back on Twitch. Tomorrow. Hell yeah. He'll be back. You will be back. So, so you, and so Shotzi Blackheart, or, or what's her name? Shotzi now. Just no Blackheart, you know, don't you please get it right. Um, she was awful in this match. What do you, do you think it was nerves or do you, th cause what I thought after watching this is, oh, she's not ready for SmackDown. I didn't mind what she was doing because, again, I've always been a fan of Shotzi, especially like you and I liked her in NXT because she had that big tag team match that she even brought up on Twitter. Then this was pretty much like a year after her last like hardcore match, which was that tag team, like, what was it, a fucking Halloween match that they did, which against uh, Candice and what's her fucking name? Andy Hartwell. Andy Hartwell, yeah. The way. So, like, they had this big match with Shotzi and Ember, and I was like, this was a good match. And the WWE's, like, kind of had her flounder when she knows that she's a good wrestler. Yes, she has botches here and there, but thankfully they're all fine. They're safe. And that was what the whole big post of her Twitter was that, yes, this was botches, mistakes happen, and she does take it on the chin. She's fine with it. She's a professional, and she's learned to be a professional over the years. <laughs> she's professional. She deleted her Twitter because people were commenting on her. I wouldn't even, I would not even have said anything. Like, because I don't even know what she wrote on Twitter that got her like all the backlash. I probably would have just had my shitty match and then moved on and then hope that I got a match on Friday to redeem myself. Like that's what I was thinking. But her posting that or at least drawing like knowledge, like every spot dude was just a bosh. I, I couldn't, I was shocked. And maybe the moment was just like Liv Morgan came out crying. Shotzi came out shaking. Like, I can't do this. I really am having trouble doing this. Like, she almost killed Alexa Bliss. Like, everything was like not going well for her. Like, there were other mistakes, like Raquel trying to do the deadlift, but she wasn't in the middle of the ladder. So when she went to pick it up, one side was like, oh, that's, I'm not in the middle. That's why it looks like this. So, yeah, there were some mistakes in the match, but Shotzi was notably, whenever she was the only one in the ring, she was the one who was going to fuck it up. And that might have been the case, but I did enjoy some spots. Like, I was a big fan, even though, yes, Alexa almost died. That sentence spot, I was like, this is going to be sick. And it was, but it was sick in the wrong way. Yeah, she it kind of landed perfectly. She, but she fucked that up. Yeah, she went too far, which was also like, you're doing a senton. Why is that? Why are you going so far? Uh, she tried to run up the ladder, which even if she did make the run up the ladder, it was to do like this weird short DDT thing that didn't look like it hurt anyway. It, it was just such a mess of 
I think I have cool ideas. I want to try this stuff out. And look, you can fuck up one or two things, but she just, everything she did wasn't going well. So, hey, it wasn't her night, but I wouldn't even draw attention to it. I wouldn't even say, there was so much awesome in this match. I wouldn't have even mentioned that. Hey, you guys know me. I'm the one that fucked up everything in Money in the Bank. Just ignore it. Who cares? Wrestle on Friday, have a good match on SmackDown, and we'll all forget about it. Like, even Seth Rollins messes up stuff. True, and that's why I'm looking forward to, like, what Amy's going to do with Shotzi. Hopefully, she is going to be involved somewhere, somehow, during SummerSlam. But also, I do think, like, these small premium live events that are, like, not the big four or big three now, because I do not think they're going to care as much for Survivor Series as much as they will for SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and Rumble. Sure. That's when we're going to have, like, bigger, like, eight, even, like, 11 match cards. But, like, the smaller ones will have, like, five or six. Which I think is fine because NXT did show you can just have a five-match card and the matches are all good. You spend time on those storylines and really make those count. But while also doing that, you then also have matches and feuds that are settled on Raw and SmackDown, making your television show feel more important. AEW does that really well where you've even brought this up. Like, this feels like it should be on a pay-per-view. But to them, some episodes of Dynamite are more important to them than are we going to build to the next pay-per-view? Why don't we try and pop a rating and put CM Punk and MJF on this show? Or why don't we do this match on this Dynamite or this Rampage? To Hey, we're not going up against NHL basketball or any sport. Let's have a big episode of Rampage. So they'll do certain WWE's like, hey, we really need to pop the main event ratings. Let's get, let's get Finn Balor and Damian Priest on there. So I understand why why you would want to have and when they advertise only six matches, like my my fandom of being a fan for uh twenty years plus, I, I do look at this like why is there only six? Like you get worried. There there needs to be more than six, but in between the video packages, in between the actual matches, uh now that they're giving everything time, you kind of eliminate some of those like, oh, New Day versus the Brawling Brutes at Mania, like a two-minute just to say we had this match and we finally got the blow-off of the feud. Like even Lashley, in theory, going 11 minutes, as I'm seeing here, was a really good match. And I know that, like, Theory is number one villain right now on the show. And, you know, I was – because when he was – I thought uh, Rollins was going to be the big one to get something with Cena, and he got something with Cena, but – um. Even Theory having his moment with Cena and then him winning this money in the bank, a big night for him, obviously, a crowning moment. This match did a lot to give me faith in Theory that I didn't have before. I've always had faith in Theory ever since the NXT days with the way, then even the short period of time when he was put on the main roster as a disciple of Seth and then having his big WrestleMania moment those years back before having that shitty match with Pat McAfee, he had a better match in a tag team contest <laughs> at WrestleMania in the Thunderdome, before the Thunderdome. Yeah, that match wasn't very good. I remember, I remember that. Well, that, that mania is interesting to go back and watch because you can tell the wrestlers don't really know how to work in that environment yet. Um and it opens with the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa and Nikki, which isn't a great idea for, hey, let's have a quiet match. And, you know, they're all kind of yelling at each other. You um, remember well, I mean, the real opener was the, the pre-show match, which is Drew Gulak and Cesaro. Or was that, was that night one or two? Try to remember which Thank one. you, Hutch. I think Natalia versus somebody was night two. Oh, that might have been night two, yeah. yeah. The best match, again, from night one, at least the opening was, was that pre-show match, Cesaro, Drew Gulak, two of the best sports entertainers. And that is not technically the opening match. The opening match is the opening match. You're talking about the pre-show match, Gino. Thank you, Hutch573. So one thing that I think is going to hold theory back, and I wonder if they're going to go back on this, 
his name can't be Theory. He needs a first name. He needs a wrestler name. Like I understand that we we came from an era of guys named The Rock and guys named you know Triple H, even though that's Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like Theory is just a stupid name. Like it's a word. It has a it has a meaning. It's like when he was Austin Theory, or he would tease himself as the Austin Theory. Like they need like that would make sense if his last name was Theory and his first name was something like a name. I, it makes sense, but having just theory, it sounds like a tag team. Yes, and again, with my whole big theory about theory is that Cody is going to finally beat Roman at, at, at WrestleMania after Cody wins the Rumble. And then when Cody has this big moment for only just one moment, one second, he gets to celebrate like his daddy and then theory gets to cash in on him take that moment away from him and show that his daddy was a failure just Four like because Oster is the future thank you Cassidy the, I, I think hopefully he does get his name changed back hopefully he just goes back to Austin dude just he realizes you know what I'm better than you Vince because I realize that I am Mr. Ramick I can do whatever I want and he decides you know you made the wrong call I'm back to Austin theory uses this money in the bank to like elevate himself as this big heel that he's bigger than Vince and takes that bow away from Cody to show that Austin theory is the future. That was a lot of words, you know, I'm even thinking he doesn't have to do that. He, he, he could do a Johnny Nitro. He could just come out on the show one night. You know, I went by theory for a while, but my real name is Doug Morris. And uh, when I was Doug Morris, I was voted most likely to succeed in high school. Like that would be a lot of fun, just like the Johnny Nitro promo where he became John Morrison uh, on ECW. But there, there could be a rebrand. And honestly, Roman's never losing this title, so I think Theory's going to win the Impact title when WWE absorbs Impact. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. I like the match though. Bobby winning was great. Bobby's a great babyface right now. Probably the best babyface he's ever been. Uh, and you kind of forget that he's like 45 or 46 because he looks like he is the almighty. He's fucking amazing looking. Um, and without, and, the, and since this company doesn't have a, a, a WWE undisputed universal heavyweight champion to show up every week, it's kind of nice that Bobby Lashley can be like our, I have a championship come for me. Uh, because even there, this pay-per-view, if I, let me complain, I could be Gino too. No Finn Balor, no AJ Styles. Like, there's this huge roster of talent that just wasn't anywhere near this thing. And it, it kind of makes me sad that this is like AJ Styles wasn't involved in a, in a major, not even the Money in the Big match, just not even a match for my man. I and mean, that's true. It was no match for either of them. But what I do like, because I do want to bring this up, I guess it's a spoiler from like the Raw opener, is that Bobby Lashley mentioned anyone from any promotion. And not too long ago, just last week, Wardlow mentioned he wants, he doesn't care who from America top team that Scorpius guy has to bring in to fight Wardlow. So Wardlow versus Bobby Lashley could happen <laughs> because Bobby Lashley is still America top team. He's the only real champion of America top team right now. Scorpius guy is secondary champion. The United States champion is a bigger title. So we one day could see Wardog. Versus Bobby. Look, and that'd we, be biggest we, word love. we watched the John Cena 20th anniversary celebration. There was AEW guys on that episode of Raw. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for WWE and AEW to do things. It, Jericho was on an episode of the Stone Cold, what's it called? The Truth with Austin Theory. Uh, he was The Broken Skull Sessions. He was on that. So yeah, there, there's. It's not impossible for for oh, WWE to to also like kick this. open that forbidden door. Thank you, Ricardio. I'm drinking a Bud Light, which Ricardio would argue does not help hydrate you, 
but he's wrong. The number one ingredient is water. So he's he's wrong. Uh, so let me have a sip of that. And Gino, I guess uh, this theory match was fantastic. I love how it ended. Theory tapped out real quick. The match was great, though. Really good match. And a shocker, as I've said. Uh, Bianca versus Carmella was probably exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, it was just, all right. And, then, and we've seen these two wrestle before at Rolling Loud. They've had other matches before. Uh, but this I thought this was a good match. And they kind of gave it a little extra with Carmella beating her up at the end. Yeah, it was like not a bad match. Bianca standing tall and strong like she should in a quick match. Was, I think it was the shortest match on the card. Yeah. So like well, it just no. was decided Bianca getting this big W to prove that she's the champion and Bella is not money anymore. Yeah, she won the match definitively. This was the second shortest match. The shortest match was Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Um, that was a very short match. Uh, but yeah, it was just to show Bianca was dominant. Carmella did a great job and Corey did a great job making it more fun to watch, you know, cause you know, this is my wife and we don't have a dental plan, you know, all the silly jokes. Uh, so yeah, it was fine. It was whatever it was. Rhea's hurt. It was, you know, they're doing other things in the women's division right now. So Bianca can just kind of be champion and she can extend her total days as champion. Um, Usos versus street profits, Gino, holy shit. Can can we be better than FTR versus Young Bucks? Can we can we be better than anything that the Briscoes or the or the club has done? This was fucking fantastic. I I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was Jimmy Uso coming out and getting fatter. He looked terrible. And or if it was the Street Profits going through the crowd and everybody's finally on the same train that I've been on for a while like Montez Ford is looking yoked as shit. And even the announcers are like, he's put on 20 pounds of muscle. And this was such a good fucking match. A am I overselling it? Like, were you just not in a WWE mood so you didn't like this match? Because I was watching this thinking, this is what tag team wrestling is. I and mean, I didn't mind this match as much, especially like, I hated the finish because I hate that type of, oh, the shoulder was not pinned the entire time when they actually do use it as a storyline. It's the worst. Why? But I what didn't do you mind mean? this match. But what I like is, like, with WWE Tag Team Match, this one I enjoyed. Again, I was really focused on the camera cuts at this point, too. I hated it. I hate when I notice it because I just can't stop noticing it then when I see it. Just watch the show. But I don't know why you – I don't know why – It's you, hard for me not to I don't I know why it. internet – hold on. I don't know why internet message board Reddit people do that. Like, they who fucking cares? Like, everybody – like, I've never ever thought, like, while watching a movie, why did they change the camera? Like, just watch your show. No, but like in movies, at least when they do cuts, it's not immediate. It's there's normally a fade. Sometimes they do <laughs> yes, the immediate cut, but it's not like WWE where it's just immediate. Yeah, there's strike. no there's you no do a cuts. Strike and it's kick. It's not like that. You, at there's least no the cuts, cuts in and the we're boys. going thirty frames instead of going four K. All this shit. There's no cuts in the boys. Frames. Yeah, you're right. It's just one fucking still camera the whole time they're fighting. No, I'm just saying it's better. That's in, in television. Because they run 30 frames. That's all television movies are. They're always going to run 30 Poor frames per second. It's a little bit easier. But here with WB and they're trying to be live television, 
you're trying to see all these camera cuts and it's immediate and it sucks when you do notice at least with me because you just can't stop seeing it when you do see it the first time you're like okay so each moment like what sucked was this handicap match in the last event with omos and mvp versus bobby that, <laughs> that I match hated. sucked I because stop it, watching. that match sucked because it was bobby lashley versus no, the MVP camera cuts were the worst part of it if you really noticed this it. was a really good fucking tag team match i'm this sorry was a fine tag match i'm sorry Irish. hold on i'm sorry that you can't watch a, a show or watch a wrestling match like at least wwe with like for you and here's i'm gonna say this for you it's either i don't like the storyline or they should be doing this now it's i don't like the camera cuts like it's just every single thing of this this product is doing you're not gonna like anyway like i don't even notice camera cuts like i'm surprised that people in the chat are like oh it's constant like i've never maybe it's and, and look if I've, I've been watching wwe my whole life so maybe i'm just used to it so to the point where it's like well yeah you know what this was a weird match because there wasn't enough camera cuts i need more camera cuts uh, I don't know why there's a limit on camera cuts all of a sudden for the viewing audience. It's not like uh, you watch a box you when you watch like a boxing scene in a movie. It's not like oh my god, it's just what the fuck. It's why why are they showing me one fighter and then the other fighter? I just want to watch one frame the whole time. I don't get that. I thought this was a great story that these guys were telling, and I thought that the camera work was phenomenal. See, you're saying this was a really good tag team match, but I do feel like the Usos just are an amazing tag team. But what we need, even though I hate it as well, just like the New Day hates it, we need New Day versus Usos again. We need to have this match never end because it's the best tag team matches Davies put on on the main roster, being the Usos versus the New Day. They never have a bad match. That what? <laughs> this was the best match I've ever seen. I'm just gonna say that I went into this match with. Four minute expectations, and they blew me away with twenty minutes of brilliance. Like, and I love uh, FTR. I have to defend them to Kevin. He's like, "What do you like about him?" It's like, "I like that one guy's bald, one guy's a mullet." I think that's really, really dynamic. I enjoy that. Uh, with this match, I just it had the athleticism, it had the over the top spots, it had. Uh, they, they tried to mix in that little storyline just on commentary that Dawkins and and Tez haven't really been seeing eye to eye. Uh, Jimmy Uso's fat. This was just, there were so many interesting things happening in this match that I really enjoy the entire thing. I didn't know that I was supposed to be internet guy going, fucking camera's ruining this. I thought it was such a well-told story, uh, especially like when Dawkins wasn't on the apron for like five minutes. It was like, where the fuck did this guy go? And then he comes in, house of fire from the heavens. Montez Ford is yoked. Really, really fun match. I'm kind of surprised because you like NXT and, you know, I don't know, it seems like this match is just, perfect wrestling all happened right here and normally you'd be the one that would be like that's why this should go on last like these guys are so good and you're over here telling me we need to get different black guys in it like that's such a weird take i enjoyed this match again i'm not saying this was a bad match but again my issue is that well, one of the big issues i have is that they be doing this storyline again when they've done this multiple times where it's like oh someone's shoulder was not pinned the entire time it was the referees just in the bad position so we get to do this match again and that's the only reason so we can do this match again at SummerSlam, and hopefully it's going to be better where we have a better referee, or maybe no referee calls. Maybe it's just pinfall. Not just submission, just a submission victory. Yeah, or a ladder, and then we do or, that again, have a fake submission victory, and then we just keep this going on till the end of time. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what do you mean you don't like that finish? I think it's a good finish because uh, Tez had the argument like, you know, my shoulder was up, and, you know, you can kind of protect – them they didn't lose that epic match so these guys we look at the new day in the in and the usos this is kind of how they built that you know trading wins or one team doesn't necessarily look bad 
And yeah, we leave this match going, what? His shoulder was up. We need to keep this thing going. Uh, but also as a fan of football or basketball, you also say, well, you got to be better than the worst ref. Like you, you can't rely on, Hey, the referee saw my shoulder. Like you need to fucking kick out on one, like Bobby Lashley. So there's, there's several layers to that, to that finish that I actually enjoy. Uh, now I did kind of half expect Mick Foley to come out and restart the match. Uh, but no, that didn't happen. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed this match. I, it blew me away. Uh, <laughs> I felt bad for Ronda Rousey <laughs> and Natalia because like I was watching this on my phone and I was exhausted, but after this match, so then when Ronda and Natalia were coming out, there was nothing these two were going to do to, to entertain me the way those guys just did. Um, so really enjoyed the tag match. I thought that the directing by Kevin Dunn was fantastic. Uh, and then Ronda versus Natalia. What'd you think of this match? I didn't really pay attention. I was kind of burnt out on wrestling after the, <laughs> by the time I got to this. I ended up enjoying the Ronda versus Natalia match. I know a lot of people don't really <laughs> like it too much. Natty, yeah. I've always been a fan of. I always will support Natty. She's been around for so long. She should be a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion, but she's not because Davey has to respect for her as much as they should. Natty deserves better. Just like Tamina deserves a lot better than she's been. I, I don't know how she's I been t- here ever since. I don't know, so I don't know how I talked to you. Me. I don't know how I talked to you. Like, because I asked you, what do you think of Jimmy Uso and Jay versus the Street Profits? And you go, I didn't mind the match. And then I ask you about Ronda and Italian. You're like, it was good. Like, you were so excited for this match when I thought the last match, like, revolutionized tag team wrestling in WWE. Like, wow, I've never seen anything like this in WWE. Not since not since the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs at WrestleMania 3. But then you rile off. Roth, Natalia deserves more. She's phenomenal. Tamina's, Tamina's not even listed anywhere on this screen that I'm looking at. And somehow she got mentioned. But meanwhile, you did not mind the Usos and the Street Profits. Yeah, that was just a good tag team match. We had to put that on a pay-per-view. We had to have the tag team titles pre-represented because, yeah, you didn't mind again, it. as we found out and know, thanks to that Thanksgiving promo just last year with Roman, Roman doesn't like America, so fuck Roman. He doesn't support country. He doesn't want to be here for a 4th of July weekend. He doesn't want to be here only for the big shows like SummerSlam. So, again, Roman is a loser, but at least you do. You Usos wanted to come here and support America for the weekend, but not on 4th of July day. So, again, they suck as well. They went to Roman's private island. So, again, what we care about is people who've been here for so long and actually still work like Natty and Tamina who deserve better and deserve to be respected more they than do, they really are. They are respected. What does that mean? What do you mean than they really are? Like, what do you say? You say the these internet vague, wrestling and then you yell over me on my fucking thing. This is mine, you know. It's called Vleeties. You come and sit with me, and I appreciate that. But when I start talking and you get louder, like, no, that's not how this fucking works. So you've done it a few times. Uh, sometimes I just make a joke that's going to be picked up on the audio for the podcast version. Uh, so you don't have to raise your voice at me in the middle of something that I'm saying. So let's just make that fucking clear. Um, so yes, Natalia is respected as is Tamina, uh, wrestling history, wrestling lineage is respected says, all around. Please be quiet so I can hear Gina. Yeah, Gina, go ahead. You, th- Tyler you... Speeda says I hate when he does all the time. Yeah, let, no, go ahead. You get to do this one, Gina. Walk me through why nobody likes Natalia, but we all love her anyway. And we all, I, I, I sing her praises all the time, but she doesn't get the respect she deserves. I hear saying we don't all respect her as much as we should. That's it. People always say she sucks. She has the worst matches. But the point is, Natalia knows how to work a match, work the crowd better than any other diva and any other women's wrestler does in WWE. We have all these great women, like we think Charlotte's great as a heel. That's all she can do. She can't be a babyface. 
Natty can work both babyface and heel perfectly, just like Tamina, but WWE does not give them the time on TV. We put them in the 24 cent division or put them in a throwaway one-time title match to have them lose. They deserve more. Liv Morgan cashes in money in the bank. She's the new SmackDown Women's Champion, dude. Uh, now, did you know it was going to be a same-night cash-in? This made me kind of feel like Ronda's not sticking around. Especially after Liv's promo backstage, after she won Money in the Bank, she said, oh, I could just hold on. This for me. I'm like, you're not going to do that. Jamie's not going to do that. She could just cash in the day of. So I'm just like, okay, how does this match end with Ronda? Seeing Ronda hurt like she was, I was like, okay, she's going to cash in now. I didn't even think that. Recently. I guess I'm an, like I'm I'm super slept. I just kind of thought like, wow, that was a great, that was a good match. I was a little sleepy through most of it, but Ronda's still the champion. And I thought Liv, like Liv, could build towards something for a while. And no, I, I saw her as a champion immediately anyway. But yeah, I thought that was a really a really cool way to do that because they even brought up during the men's money in the bank. Like Liv Morgan won the match earlier and now was the champion. Like we could have had theory win the match and then go Roman, where you at? I'm cashing in right now. And then he wins the belt by count out. That would have been fascinating. Um, so up next, you know, men's money in the bank, we get to see all the entrances and then Adam Pierce comes out. Now, were there rumors about this? Did anyone know this was going to happen? And the big rumor I remember like going around was the whole, even though it was absolutely false, and I do hate when people bring up this type of rumors, that Co is that Cody's injury is fake and that Cody was gonna be this next guy. That there was like rumor or possibly of someone else, but it wasn't like at all like accurate or completely true until the day of when we found out there was gonna be one more man. Yeah, and that's kinda like you know, when they announced the one more man, I was like, Maybe it is Cody. Not necessarily he faked his injury. But maybe he's going to be able to work this match in some way. Like John Cena tore a triceps and came back two months later. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Cody can get surgery. Once the scar heals, I know the muscle is not going to be healed up. But he can still get out there and have one arm or something. He, he wrestled with it torn. So who knows? Maybe you tape him up real good, put him in like a, a sling or some shit. And he can go out there and figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, so as soon as Adam Pierce was out there, I was thinking, is it AJ Styles? Is it like an edge or somebody who's been off TV for a few weeks? There was also a video. Is is The Fiend back? What was that thing that I watched about the bazaar? That is Edge finally getting his spooky supernatural gimmick that was rumored to be what they were doing. Oh, that sucks. All right, never mind then. I was like, is The Fiend back? Dude, this is awesome. So I didn't know that it was going to be. Uh, just Edge. So Edge is now the Fiend? Yes, Edge is now going to be the new Fiend because, yes, Alexa Bliss now just her boring, normal self. There's no more boring. Fiend Alexa. There, she even said she's boring. She said, oh, Ryan Sad, because I'm one of the few people that watched out of character with Ryan Sad. She says that she even admits to herself that she's this boring person and that she feels that her character is 100% just herself. She is just a naturally boring, not this charismatic person. She needs to play a different like character, actually be a character. That's why she was a big fan. She actually liked her old dark Alexa Bliss character she became because of the feat. Was it dark, though? Because it was really like playground on a swing set. Like I would have preferred if it was dark. I didn't like the Lily stuff is terrible. Uh, her being the goddess or whatever that was, the five feet of fury, like she could just be hot chick. Is that is, is she not allowed to do that? Well, I mean, the whole mean girl stuff she was doing, they could go back to it. She's not said where her character is going to go, but right now she's just herself. But she was explaining like how the, it's dark Alexa was the whole fiend stuff and how she did become 
yes, it's not as dark as we could have gone like The Fiend, but it still is Davey's version of dark compared to how everything else is all colorful and cartoon. Yeah, like, because Bray Wyatt, when he was in the Firefly Funhouse, like, that was what I looked at Alexa Bliss, like, Alexa's Playground, like, all that red, blue, yellow, and green shit, with all the primary colors in my face, like, all of that wasn't dark to me. It was really annoying and off-putting. And sometimes, yeah, she would kind of do, like, that face, and then it was, this is dark, that she's letting in The Fiend. So, sure... But like it took us like, tw- you know, it took us like 20 miles to go one foot. You know, like we had to sit through a lot of primary color, really bright lights on a swing set bullshit. And then every once in a while, Shayna Baszler would be running from shaking Lily shit, which was so dark and demented. Uh, but I was hoping that was the fiend. I didn't know Edge was going to steal Seth Rollins gimmick and then steal Bray Wyatt's. Uh, it's kind of fascinating that this legend has been home for nine years. Oh, what's my return going to be like? I know. I'll do what everyone else is doing. Maybe he can come back as like the the savior of the unwashed masses and he can wear like a bathrobe to the ring. That would be fun. He'll do all these games. He's going to have all these great characters. He's going to showcase his acting work because after Viking and after Haven, he just wants to have more work. And Davey's going to give him that work to be all these new characters he's going to come up with. Did you ever watch Haven? I I watched like one episode and I thought I could do this show and I never watched it again. I watched like one of the last season or the last two seasons, one where it was Edge and Christian were acting and I felt like they did really well with the show, but like I never really got a chance to watch it all the way from beginning to end. Yeah, I don't know if it's on any streamings, and I don't. I didn't even know. Like, I know he was on Viking Vikings. I didn't know what that was on though. It was just one of those. Well, that's not for me. I have no idea what it is. So, uh, yeah, that I think that's uh, that's good for Edge. Just keep doing this shit. Is he gonna come back and fight Finn Balor, or have we already moved on from the Judgment Day? I think he might come back to fight Finn Balor, but my whole hope is because Finn's going after all these legends. He took out Edge. He's taking out Ray. Hopefully this means because all Goldberg's whole time, whenever he comes back, is people are disrespecting legends. So it's got to be Goldberg comes out because Finn's disrespecting legends. I would like Goldberg Finn at SummerSlam. That'd be a fun just kind of one-off, which Goldberg can win, and that doesn't hurt Finn Balor for losing to Goldberg. Goldberg has to win every once in a while to stay, like, dominant. So he can beat up a Dolph Ziggler here and there. He can beat up a uh, a Bobby Lashley. Uh, But, yeah, I think it would be cool if he had a match with Finn Balor just to see that. I would like to see it. So I'm okay with that. Um, Theory won money in the bank, Gino. What the fuck? I thought Bray Wyatt was going to be the eighth man. thought Kevin Nash was going to be the eighth man. Who knew it was going to be Theory? And then I was shocked that he actually won. I was so set on Riddle winning this thing. And then as the match was going on, I was like, Am I a fucking idiot? Drew McIntyre is clearly going to win this thing. And then as the match went on, I was like, well, of course Sammy's going to win this. How fun is that going to be on SmackDown where he's trying to be like part of the bloodline and he's got the briefcase. I'm not going to cash it in on you, Roman. Like clearly Sammy's going to win. And then there was a moment where Amos just chokeslammed everybody and looked all dominant. And I thought, well, duh, they love this fucking giant. He's going to win. And then Matt Cat Moss had a few moments where I thought, well, no shit, he's going to win. So I had Theory was the last one on my list to win this match. But uh, I think it makes sense. And for him to lose earlier in the night and then to win the main event, very Seth Rollins-esque uh, a la WrestleMania 31. Uh, and it's happened other times in history, but... Uh, I think it was done very well, Gino. I'm not mad. I think him having an amazing match with Bobby Lashley and then winning uh, all in one night is is a good look for him. 
And the thing is, all of this goes back to Seth Rollins because he's learned by being Seth Rollins' true disciple what to do to be at this spot that he's in. From years back, people forget they were together. I still remember I that. Did, I did forget that. I had no idea. Yes. So they were still together. They worked together during this ladder match. So theories realized, I can do this. I can take his place. I can be basically Seth Rollins now. He's getting this moment, this time to shine. And when he was announced as the extra man, I was like, oh, great. Theory is going to win. Because part of me was like, we could copy what we did with Brock and have instead of Brock coming out, it's Theory at the absolute end when like Riddle's up there. He's about to win. He just gets stuck in his place because he hears A-Town down. He just can't move for like two minutes, gets taken down, and Theory wins like Brock Lesnar did to Ali. Yeah, I did also think, well, and even when they were doing the eighth man, for some reason, I know Brock has a match at SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar! Like, it just, oh, well, that makes total sense. Brock would just come out right now and win money in the bank. Why wouldn't they do that? Uh, That's kind of what I was half expecting, but um, I think it was fine. Have Theory win it. It was a surprise, you know. Uh, when you go back and watch 2003 stuff, there is surprises like this where, you know, on the back of the DVD boxes, it would say card subject to change. And then about 90% of the time, that's not true. The card is that. But sometimes you do need to mix it up and have an unlikely winner and something like this. Like, we didn't advertise Theory was even in this match. And now he won. And, yeah, there's some behind-the-scenes powers that be that are helping him get there. But that's okay in, like, a money in the bank. Like, if it happened at a Royal Rumble and we had to then go, oh, God, WrestleMania is going to be this, it's annoying. But Money in the Bank is different because that could happen at any time. Yes, that's why I'm looking forward to hopefully my theory being correct that the one man to beat Roman will be Cody at WrestleMania doing this for his daddy. And then he fails his daddy's dream because he immediately loses to theory at the end. That's my whole hope. That WrestleMania, we get that main event where Cody is the one man to finally beat Roman. But Theory takes that moment away from him. <laughs> I was just thinking, you don't think we have a triple threat match at SummerSlam where it's a last man standing. Roman and Brock are just laid out. They've just done an F5 off the stairs through thumbtacks through two tables. And then Theory comes out, cashes in, pins Brock Lesnar, steals Roman's belts, and or one of the belts or whatever. I don't know how they're going to try and do that. Uh, Cause I, is, it, is it? Do you think the belts are together forever now? I feel that they're together forever right now, just like the tag belts are together forever. Right. And soon the women's titles and the IC and US title are going to be together forever. But that will be after Survivor Series, hopefully, where we will get Bobby Lashley versus Gunther. That's my whole other hope as we get that match. Bobby Lashley and who? Gunther. Oh, I think he said Encanto. I was like, who's that? <laughs> Like they have a the Dis- Intercontinental Champion. They have a Disney character named Encanto now. That would be fascinating if WWE was just blatantly ripping off Encanto. Um, yeah, and it's Gunther, isn't it? Isn't it Gunther? It's Gunther or Gunther, however you want to pronounce it. But it's just I. It's, it's not Walter to me. It's not Gunther. I like Jericho's argument. Walter's the dumbest wrestling name ever. I thought that was hilarious when he came out and defended the name change. Like he works for WWE still. Um, overall, Money in the Bank was fucking awesome. I was very surprised. Maybe that helped me because, like, you went into this with, like, a negative you hate WWE. I went into this like, well, I have to watch this. And then I was surprised very pleasantly. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good show. Uh, and I have not watched Against All Odds yet. I don't even know any of the results yet. I assume Josh Alexander is still the champion. I'm not going to make – I don't think Joe Doring is – if Joe Doring is the champion, I will not watch that show ever again. I'm going to make that clear. 
Um, and what do you think about Alan Angels? Leaves AEW, doesn't resign. Uh, he has a match this Thursday night on Impact. Yes, he has a match. Sadly, that does spoil one match for you because it's going to be against Trey, uh, not Trey Miguel, against Mike Bailey, who did beat Trey Miguel in a really good match. You should see. You didn't have to tell Hopefully. me. I didn't know. I didn't remember all that. You, I just kind of saw. You, you, I saw Alan Angels saw was wrestling. Title match. I didn't know it was a title match. I just said he's wrestling on Impact. Oh, that's all you said. I, I thought you saw the tweet <laughs> like I did. I thought you, I thought you checked Impact Twitter like I did. I no, like, oh, I never. I don't go on that. Tyla Spita says what made money in the bank so great and better than Forbidden Door is because for once the unexpected happened, I will take that's it. That's a good point. Like, we, we always talk about with AEW. I forget who brought this up. It was some wrestling mind, like a Steve or a Larson or somebody. AEW, maybe it was Meltzer, actually. AEW relies so heavily on... The big surprise, like you don't know who's going to be the mystery person. And it's either Christian or Samoa Joe or Cesaro or Brian Danielson or Adam Cole. Like they constantly are able to have these big surprise moments that you're not expecting. And eventually that's going to run out. Like they are going to have to start like, oh, what's the big surprise? Kenny Omega's back. Or what's the big surprise? Miro's back. Or like they're going to run out of these, hey, we're pulling wrestlers from other companies. Or like, hey, you already know these people from somewhere else. Now we're there on our show. Check it out. And WWE finally did where it's like we're all sitting around going, it's fucking either Matt Riddle or Drew McIntyre. Those are the only people that it can be. I hate this shit. And uh, luckily – we're able to, oh, wow, the, I didn't expect Theory to win. Theory is somebody that had a good match earlier in the show, so I'm okay with him winning because not only did I not expect it, I think they did it in, in an interesting way. Like, if he had just not even – if he didn't have any matches earlier in the night and then just came out and won, he never had to qualify, that would have sucked. Liv Morgan cashing in the same night, that was fantastic. So, yeah, I thought the whole show for a six-match card and then the Usos match – I thought they did a really good job where like Forbidden Door was it just relied heavily on AEW versus New Japan, which is what it was advertised as. And then the Cesaro debut really was like the only moment. Like even here we are, how many days removed from Forbidden Door? Those are like the only things I really remember. Like I don't remember what happened in the Sting and Darby Allen six man tag. Although when they hit Sting with the the BTE trigger and he popped back up, that was cool. Sting's the best. And Sting is really good. Not as good as PCO, though. You, I, you got to see this amazing match, the five on five match. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna enjoy it seeing Chris Harris back in the ring one more time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because that thing, like when I watched like SmackDown, and then I at the same time I was watching Ancelots, like this is such a better show. I was watching Ancelots, and then I think because my big was the next day, I was just like on that high of like impact so good because of how good all these matches were. Joe Doring had a sweet match. The Clockwork Orange House, if I'm after why I'm always a fan of it. Raven was on commentary, just added so much more to the story. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, like I, I like you know I like Impact Wrestling. I just I when I watch it, my expectations are always lower, and it's. It is the, the you know, you, we talk about too many camera cuts with WWE. Like, I'm not expecting any from Impact. Like, I just, oh, they're doing, their Impact still chugging along here in the Skyway Studios or they're chugging along here in front of 400 people. It's a different environment than when I watch WWE. Like, WWE, although had to move from Allegiant Stadium, that looked like a pretty ruckus crowd there at MGM Grand. So, clearly the people that were excited to go to Allegiant were still very excited to go to MGM Grand. Uh, so I thought that was cool. I thought the uh, the the crowd was really 
adding to that money. And who knows how much of that is pumped in, like audio or whatever, to make it sound better. But at least with it's better than impact in a lot of ways where there's no audience or you can hear like the one guy doing like the, like, let's go, you know, uh, EY. You, know, you can hear one guy trying to start a chant and everyone's kind of like, boo, EY sucks. VBD sucks. We want whoever to win. Like you can kind of hear them having conversations. And I mean, it's, that's true, but that's at the same time, even though like, yeah, we all like the whole, mass produce like overproduce stuff that Amy does sometimes you do want to see like a nice independent show you do feel like you're in like an actual what was it the intimate arena an actual intimate experience like as if you were there because that same time I actually could have gone to Against Thoughts if I had the ability to sadly couldn't because it was had no money you bought well, t- currently didn't you buy Tyler Spider like, video game <laughs> I did I, I got $13 it's on sale so I got 13 bucks I could give you that. where did you get $13 I, from I, I have ways to get money if I absolutely need or just want money. You, There's you, always ways to make money. Do you do but like, I didn't make enough money in time to possibly go there. Uh, do, do you do the plasma money. thing still? Is that, Not is plasma that, right now, but I have other ways to acquire cash if I need. Do you get money from donating sperm? No, I do not. Never well, tried that actually. Never I was, see if there's any close. I like that you said no. I do not. I was like no, no. I didn't ask like if you had done that. I just generally I was wondering if that was a thing that existed. Because, yeah, Gino, I had a dinner party, and I felt so bad because you were like, you always have dinner parties. It's like, Gino, dinner parties are important, okay? So we need to get you some dinner party friends. Like, when was the last time you went to a friend's house and they cook you dinner? I've never had friends that cook me dinner. It's always See? them coming here to eat with us or us just saying, you know, we'll just all hang out and go to, like, a bookstore. We got to get like you. Barnes and Noble and then, like, Starbucks. We got to get you some some dinner party friends i feel terrible like i felt so bad you were so excited for against all odds i forgot it was happening like i i didn't i didn't finish the boys until uh an hour like before we started like i i have not you know i i have so many things this whole weekend was hectic i barely finished money in the bank this was a lot of things happening and i felt bad you know because i was like living it up bought a lawnmower bought some cars uh went to we had a party we i went to a dinner party on friday and then i hosted a dinner party the night after like dinner parties are important to me and by dinner parties i mean like i grilled i made some burgers and dogs we drank some beers we had a phenomenal evening and i felt bad gina did you do anything for the fourth i know i sadly didn't because it's just been me and my stepdad here my mom my little brother they all went to visit my grandmother and uh forget where the fuck she's at right now because the world's all fucking overplaced everything's slowly die and time is passing by and we'll never get it back we won't so i was just enjoying this fourth job kind of guess with myself but like being with my son to be like hey hopefully everything's good and we seem to be fine everything's going as well as we can and living our lives to the best of our abilities what did you guys do what did you and your stepdad did you guys go watch fireworks no we pretty much were just sitting down like chilling just talking having a little bit of conversation just being like life is good did you have some bud lights I, we don't have any B double L's. And that's the only real BL is the B double L motherfucker. No. You don't need Bud Lights. Bud Light Lime is the real shit. Oh my gosh, you know. Please, <laughs> please, one step at a time. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed some Bud Light Limes, if that's what happened. Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, for, for, for the whole weekend, yeah, I mean, it was out and about getting sunburned. Dakota in the chat, Vladis thinks everyone has friends to cook them dinner. 
Once you turn 31, you should have that. You should have a group of people that are willing to cook you dinner or at least invite you over to order food or even to invite you to go out to eat and maybe have go to Cheesecake Factory. Gino, when was the last time you went to Cheesecake Factory? I've never gone to Cheesecake Factory, and I never want to because one of the big things, because you can see this now on the menus thanks to our like laws we've passed. Look at the calorie count for Cheesecake Factory. You can see just how bad that is. You should never go to Cheesecake Factory. No just, one should. Just have, a, uh, just have the Thai lettuce wraps as an appetizer and then cheat a little bit and have a slice of cheesecake. Do you know you're less than a thousand? That's cheating a little. Is cheating a lot. I'm I'm sorry for interrupting. Like that's it's too much when you really look at it. Because I did see the numbers. Because I, for a time, I did care about calories. I don't anymore. But like I still will never go there because this the family that built Cheesecake Factory were bigger people, and all their stuff is in the thousands. Even like things that are salads are not good for you. You should not have salad from Cheesecake. But what if you like? Okay, let's imagine this world. Like I have my Apple Watch on. Uh, I, I closed my red ring, all right? My red ring, I burned, according to this, and my active calories are over 1,600. That's a lot. Now, let's just say on a day where I burned 2,000, I want hey, you know what? I've worked really hard today. Even if I have some cheesecake, I'll still be at a calorie deficit. Am I then allowed to go to Cheesecake Factory? Well, that, I guess, would depend on, like, if you feel you're in a position where you can gain those extra calories and be okay with it. Like, at the same time, like, there might be one day that I might go to Cheesecake Factory. That'll be when I'm either at a lowest point I can be, when I just don't care at all about my health whatsoever, even worse than I do now. <laughs> I or if say. I'm in a better position where I do care about myself, and I'm just like, you know, this could be a nice day that I do this for myself. How much do you care about your health? That's a, that's a good question. Like, I, I don't. I wonder because you, you're are you exercising again? Are you you're going outside? Like, did you go outside on the Fourth of July? I did like sit on the porch because I just decided to sit outside and be like, you know what, this is a nice moment. And it was raining, which I do kind of prefer, like sitting out in the rain, just to be kind of out there with the world, with nature, just feel the world moving in a sense, feeling the world experiencing the moment together with myself my spirit my essence and the world at one because i do find myself more as a what would be the word i have it's the fucking religion i'm trying to remember like the religion that kind of focuses more on the world pagan paganism it's like the idea like connecting with mother nature the mother of god the actual earth itself and connecting spiritually with the nature with nature with the entire as to what our planet is. You can't even sit outside without overthinking it. Tonight was NXT, the Great American Bash, Gino. You know, is that true? Yes, tonight was the Great American Bash. I did not watch it because I, I hate NXT now. It's so sad. NXT's terrible. And when you look at the lineup, it sounds like something we should still like, right? Like Braun Breaker versus Cameron Grimes. Now, I'm not big on – I mean, I like both of them enough to want to watch them wrestle, but as a title match, absolutely not. Carmelo Hayes, who you like, Grayson Waller, who I used to like. Like, that's another match that sounds like that would be up your alley. The Creed Brothers, who I think are terrible. But one of the Creed Brothers did this move, you know, where he held the guy up like this, and he was, like, on his knees, and he, like, was able to get onto his feet and, like, gorilla press him up. It was it was amazing. I'd never seen that in wrestling. It was so cool. Um, so I, they're fighting Roddy Strong and Damon. Who's Damon Kempt? Kempt. That is, uh, what's his name, uh, Gable Stevenson's brother. What? That's Jason Stevenson? Yes, that's his new name. And I'm looking forward to, like, if 
the he's gonna keep the kept name Mr. Gable Stevenson when he gets called up and actually use his wrestler if he's gonna still stick oh with God. his real name even though his brother is using a fake. He better be Gable Stevenson. I'm okay with him changing the brother's name because if there is like, hey Gable, this is your brother. Almost like if Bo Dallas had to be, you know, Bo Wyatt. You know, it's like oh, you guys don't have to be brothers everywhere you go. You can be separated every once in a while. Um, Toxic Attraction, who we like, is taking on uh, Roxy. Is is Roxanne Perez Roxy? Yes, that is Roxy, yeah. and she's doing great for herself. She's one of the few women that I do like in NXT. Shouldn't we like it? Tiffany Stratton? I don't like. I know Nathan liked her when she first came out. I don't think he likes her anymore. I don't think anybody. I think when you saw like the images of her, everyone thought she was just another hot blonde. Like we all thought, like, oh, Liv Morgan's gonna be a hot chick now, and then she's not that hot, and she's not good at wrestling. Uh, why is she fighting Wendy Chu? Which one's Wendy Chu? Wendy Chu was T.N. Shaw. She's now this narcoleptic kind of character. She's always in a onesie and sleeping. That is awful. This show sucks. I don't even, like, I know, are they trying to get it canceled? Because I know they always brag, like, WWE wants more, or USA wants more WWE programming. Nobody's watching this shit, right? Not as much as they used to, and that's why hopefully the report with the whole when Triple H decided to show back up and said he's back, I was hoping that maybe this is going to be the slow turn where we will go back to black and gold, and maybe one day it will come back. Wait, when did he do that? Was he on NXT like, I'm back? Not like on TV, but there was reports that he went to the Performance Center like earlier, I think it was last week, week before, and he said that he's back. Yeah, this show sucks. But Gino, uh, real quick, I before we go, the boys, um, I, I'm all caught up, so spoiler alert for those who are not. This was a good episode of the boys. There was a lot less ass stuff. Or was there still ass stuff in this one? There was the Soldier Boy was gonna fuck some old fat chicks. That was a little odd. Um, but I didn't think there was any anal play in this one, was there? No, there was no asses involved in this, except, well, yeah, there was no asses. I was saying, like, the black goat, but yeah, none of the animals that were there were involving asses. Yeah, the octopus was trying to fuck, fuck a chick and a dude. That was awkward. Yeah, you know what? The show's weird. Um, I was not a fan of the octopus sex. The Deep is, like, the worst character. He makes no, like, he's the worst. Um, I hope he gets run over by the A-Train, who's awesome. Um... Whose brother's still paralyzed, you know? Can they just fix him? Can they just give him compound V and he'll walk? I mean, that could be something we could see. I'm really wondering what's going to happen with this whole complication that A-Train has because of what Ashley was telling him. Hey, you're alive now. You have Blue Hawk's heart, and it's all because we're trying to help you so now you can have our me message and try to push that, but maybe A-Train will have that change heart and realize, you know what, I need to be against what Ashley and the seven are all about now. But the whole thing with the deep, what I'm interested in, even though it's going to probably be a throwaway scene is I kind of hope they actually do have handy on the show. Oh, so we have handy interviewing the deep. That is kind of funny. They did name drop. I'm going to be on Hannity. Like, uh, cause they do play really well with like what's happening in the real world versus what's happening on their show, like in their show world. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be on Hannity. It's such a funny line. Like, yes, get them on Hannity. That'd be fantastic. Uh, so I'm interested to see where the rest of the season goes. You said there's two more episodes, right? No, this was the second last episode. We only have one more episode. One so we more. had to go through all of this, which I really liked. Like the whole stuff with Black Dwar, I loved that we got to really understand and see, even though in a cartoon animal form, what really happened. 
which I really enjoyed yeah, seeing I, his brain get crushed. And his brain was kid. crushed, and he like touched his head, and like he's yeah, he's and the, the the guy was eating almonds in front of him. So they did a lot of good. Yeah, I, I at first when that was happening, I was getting mad. I was like, "You watching wrestling WWE?" I was like, they're getting too fucking weird with this show. I can't even watch it anymore. But I sat with it. I stuck with it. I watched a man talk to cartoon characters, which is like something I never allow to happen. And it, it was it was good because Noir not talking. This was a great way to kind of give us what he was thinking or going through or feeling. And having these these animated characters talk, I thought was really, really, really interesting. Uh, and then yeah, Soldier Boy beat the shit out of him all the time. So you can kind of, and you also got the. They also did a good. Uh, this was a great episode for turning. Soldier Boy was already kind of heel, but you were rooting for him to kill Homelander. But now you're kind of thinking, I don't know, dude. This guy might be worse than Homelander. And now we found out that he's home. So spoilers. This is a big spoiler. Everyone walk away. Although Gino, I was telling Geezy, I feel like I already knew this. Uh, he's Homelander's like Homelander was the the product because he always brings up i was made in the lab and it was from the seed from the from the sperm from the cum of soldier boy so they kind of he talks about being the upgrade it's yeah you're his son like that's that's father's son so this is going to create a new dynamic of are they really going to be able to kill each other it is like a really interesting situation we have and thankfully someone else here has read the comics so they understand Homelander is supposed to be like the offspring, a clone similar to like the idea of being a son, but he was actually supposed to be the clone of what was the male version of Stormfront, which turned out to be in this show. So they changed up a little bit, which I don't mind. So like it was like, oh, so you Soldier Boy, instead of there being multiple Soldier Boy clones that get made over time. This is just the original Soldier Boy. They changed up these ideas and made this new one where he's the first American soldier, the first of the seven, the payback team. His son gets to be part of the seven, the group that took over for from payback and now we're going to see like how he's going to do now that his team gets taken take it away from the way so they're just this old team that no one cares about people care all about the seven and what the seven are doing and especially also finding out as we do earlier in the episode that this whole compound v the temporary v will kill huey and butcher if they do keep going and they're going to because butcher doesn't care anymore except for to kill the soups well and they said three to five times haven't they done it three to five times already like that was the other thing that i kind of noticed and like I, I tried to read that paper you know i didn't they just showed it quickly the only thing that i saw was seizures one to two hours so i was like what they have seizures uh their their brain is bleeding because i thought they did it in russia then they did it uh with crimson countess and they did it at herogasm so they've already done it three times. So are they just saying, like, if they do it one more? And they just did it with the mind guy. So they've done it four times. They should be dead. They may be dead. That's what we're going to figure out, like, how bad this really is or how if their bodies are somehow even stronger with this temporary V and that they're actually part of the few that can carry it. Even though, yeah, you see their brains are bleeding through their fucking ears, which is just a weird little attack. Like, it's weird, like, how well they do this show. Because, like, you see all the stuff. And what I also loved, just because I do like St Starlight's character right now, is when she was recording Homelander at yeah, the elevator was... and him saying, oh, we were just throwing our lines. And so there's always going to be those people who, yes, it's like the joke of the right-wing people are going to be like, yeah, he was just recording lines. This wasn't real. None of this was real what Homelander was saying. It's not true. Why would you believe it? Homelander's telling the truth. It's all fake. 
She's no, trying to make it out to look bad. Homelander's the one who's spitting <laughs> the fake media narrative. And then when Mother's Milk, when M- when MM goes to, hey, why are you taking my son to a fucking rally, a- an abortion rally, a Biden rally, a Black Lives Matter rally? And he's like, no, Soldier Boy's not even out there. You know, it's like, watch the news. And Mother's Milk is like, fuck you. We know the truth. We know the answers, Gino. Get woke, Gino, right wingers. Are you serious? This is the first show that I've watched that's like, kind of making fun of libtards in a long time it's it's fascinating to watch because it's on amazon which is like i thought the big the big libtard network but bezos making fun of biden and now this show making fun of sensitivity and making fun, what was that what was your favorite thing the blm brisket what was it called there was a what was it blm blts there are yeah. all these things that the homelander stuff like there it is like makes fun of both the left and the right no it like, doesn't makes fun of just the left it does. Like again, we have the AOC character, which I actually kind of like. That could blow people's brains off and their entire bodies off. You think she's and the that, AOC? She character? is AOC. She is obviously AOC. <laughs> when so... you really pay attention, you're like she's this young, independent, well, kind of independent perspective of things where she's trying to help change the government forward, whether it be the better or the worse. But she's really working for Vought. So again, it's like this idea of like. AOC, she thinks and presents herself to be part of the left, but people can easily pay her off and have her perspective and her opinions change on a flip of a dime just if you pay her enough. How it, no, just like AOC, she's her own independent female. Number one, it's not AOC. AOC, and it's not like Newman's out there like protesting in the streets and shit. Like she's she's clearly coming from a place of power. She's giving the press conferences. AOC is more of a foot soldier at this moment. Uh, she can be just because she's a hot chick doesn't mean she's AOC. You know. I mean, in season two, she was a foot soldier, remember? There were all these press rallies, and there was that big moment where Homelander had that dream sequence, like, in the middle, where he could have vaporized every motherfucker that was there yeah. in the moment, just in cold blood. And it's because Homelander is, again, a perspective, if you do try and think of it as, like, either Trump or a right-wing person, be like, I want to protect this country, and you're just trying to change all this, because she is just trying to be more liberal and more focused on that. And then we find out about her and Vought, and we now know she's... Not a good person, but she cares about her daughter, and we're going to find out about hopefully her daughter and her superpower. And you think Homelander cares about the country? Because Homelander cares about himself. Like, that's kind of the obvious. Like, with him, it's, I'm number one. Everyone should just love me. Why don't you all love me all the time? Just love me. All I need is love. I, I don't really get it. So I want more love. Like, I never thought it was like, America's the best. It's like, no, I'm the best. Well, it's first is that Homelander for like the entire first two seasons. He's like, I do care about this country. It's this country first. <laughs> you can you say guys that. are the real heroes. Yeah. And then he finally goes in through season three where he just snaps and realizes, I don't care about you. I'm the real hero. None of you are heroes. None of you really could do the shit I do to protect you guys every single day. I'm the only true hero ever. And then he finally does like slowly still snap by these inner monologues where he talks to himself, where he realizes he needs to get rid of that last shred of humanity, which is that love that he needs from people because he as a human is flawed. And that V, which made made Homelander, was what was protecting him from that last shred of humanity. And now he needs to finally snap and be Homelander and get rid of John for good. So It's so fascinating because you have watched the show multiple times, right? I've watched season one and two twice, and I'm digging season three. I may watch again later, the second time. Yeah, but I'm, I'm really, yeah, I've read into certain characters, like seeing what they might be doing. Because especially like this season, the Crypt Guerrero's name is said, like, hey, this is going to have some 
very almost obvious like hints of 2020. It's like the whole going outside. Yeah, you go outside, you're perfectly fine to do so. Not need to worry about like wearing a mask or protecting yourself. You're fine to do it. Go to movie theaters. Do all this. Like there's a subtle, but then also very obvious references to 2020. So many. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I like about it is it really is like go to movie theaters and you know, like they, we're, we're being treated like dummies. And these are the people behind the scenes that are in control and they actually know what's going on and they're not telling us. Like, that's why I watch it as a right winger. And I'm like, this show is fucking great because it is poking holes in all the logic that we've seen from the other side. And what I do love is, again, yes, Homelander says and on Vought, yes, it's all these other people, the people, the real Shadow Master, the people in charge of it all, when he knows it's really him and his group that are in charge of it. So that's the other best part is, like, he says to the people, so the public who believe him and believe his message, know that, oh, there's a real government, there's the real media that's trying to control it, but it's really him and Vought that's doing it all. Well, yeah, and even, like, CNN with fire behind them saying mostly peaceful protesting, it's like Vought's trying to control the narrative, CNN's trying to control control the narrative you're only getting pieces of it and that's why the show is pretty fucking good now i like all these things that we talked about we didn't talk about enough ass play like i'm waiting for for ashley to to get that glass dildo on and bang a bunch of dudes like what where what are we waiting for a season finale we are waiting for like this season to find out what Ashley's going to do because she's been stepping up to soups again. The last episode before this see she stepped up to a train this last episode she was just speaking a train just Calmly, she doesn't care. She's just being the marketing chick she knows she can be, and hopefully this means she might be able to stand up to Homelander. We're going to see what happens to Homelander, what happens with uh, fucking, again, AOC, I'll say, her daughter, because her now having the, what's going to happen call her with Congressman King, Newman, please. Congressman <laughs> Newman is her name. I keep forgetting. Congressman Newman. She's now so not like AOC. <laughs> We're going to also have, again, I'm really hoping that I was right with the prediction of Barry, that little boy that teleports, is the, what's her name? This is the son, the chick from the very first season. Wells' son, where he's going to hopefully get involved because the whole Homelander still probably has feelings knowing that he killed her and that her son is still alive and now finding him one day. Maybe that will come to about because like he had that whole mother relationship dichotomy with her. And well, seeing the sun again. And there's been a lack of Ryan this season. Now, I do see in the chat, like, Hutch was saying Homelander was a fake. Yeah, I did hear, like, even Zach was telling me, like, there's two Homelanders, and they're gaslighting the, the one version of Homelander and trying to convince him he's doing the other thing that the evil Homelander is doing. So there's, like, this weird, like, that's, I guess, what the comic books did. Um, so, like, that could be, what? There's two? Like, that would be an annoying twist if there's just a twin Homelander out there running around. Um but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see because we're we're gonna have to see what they do with Maeve. Um, we're gonna have to see. I mean, a train. It seems like they've kind of rushed. If there's only one more episode, I am curious to see what happens with a train and his storyline. Because um, he got he got the heart. Like I don't know. It's just bizarre. Um, deep. He lost his girlfriend or his wife, so now he's gonna have to have one episode to fuck shit up or to make it work. Who knows? Uh, Noir is obviously gonna have to have some sort of fisticuffs. With not only Soldier Boy, but now also Homelander, because Homelander was like, "You wouldn't leave me." I think Homelander and Soldier Boy are going to team up, and I think that's going to be the the big backfire. Like we're we we thought that because in this episode we got to see you know Soldier Boy punch Huey and he killed the priest. Like he's clearly evil, is what I think. Like from what I've seen, 
So we brought this evil guy to help us beat the other evil guy, but now the evil guys found out their father's son, so they're going to have this weird moment of why are we fighting? We're clearly more dominant and better than everyone else. So this is going to be fucking awesome. It will be, especially what I did like since you brought her up, because I forgot about this little subplot, which I'm really curious about, especially like how they've been doing the whole the episode begins with something whether it be something very subtle very obvious and it ends with the same thing like again we had the whole deep singing and it was in the whole four by the whole portrait mode and then we had fucking starlight talking to people at portrait mode on instagram we had mave in this locked cell and fucking homelayer talk about that he wants to keep her eggs and just fucking basically force the idea of her child and keeping her alive just to just keep you alive i'm not doing it for me i'm just keeping you alive which is Great line I yeah. love from Homelander. And then at the end, we found out, oh, fucking Soldier Boy was experimented on. He chose to do or were forced for the experiment. And that he had a son he had no idea about because of this experiment. And so it's still like kind of was like one scene, another kind of mixed together. You see the difference. And where's Ryan? Ryan's got to be upset with Butcher. So we could even have Soldier Boy, Homelander, Ryan, three generations of assholes all against Butcher and Huey and MM and 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 uh, Frenchie. Oh, and Kamiko's got her powers back. So, oh, who knows? Like this whole season could just be building up to this main event, six Which man I, tag. I do remember this one little thing from the Congressman Newman thing when she confronted Homelander. That little paper she had. They did have like a quick scene where Homelander is on the phone with Soldier Boy, but like it has an address, and I think that address is. Uh, Ryan's home. Oh yeah, I think so too. Because yeah, she did kind of say like it took a lot to get this or something like that, and we don't, we still don't know what it was. And she's hot. I remember when I first saw her, I didn't think she was hot. The more I see her, oh my gosh, Congressman Newman all day. Yeah, so we're gonna see what happens with her giving her giving Homelander the address to his son, and now knowing his dad is alive and that he's a son of the other hero, so it could be the three generations together. Three generations. We can all see what's gonna happen with everything else. So hopefully. We do get like Butcher realizing, oh shit, he's got to come to Ryan and he needs to protect Ryan. And even though he may die doing so, he wants to still protect this kid. Well, and Starlight's going to have. I'm wondering if this just ends with. Because Starlight stole the compound V. So I'm assuming she got enough to give to Huey and to Butcher as well. Because if they're going to kill themselves taking the fake V, maybe just give them permanent V. That would actually be a smart idea if that's what she did, because we didn't see the entire shot what happened there. She just thought, she realized, oh, shit, this might not be a good idea. So, yeah, we saw her get one thing of V, and she gave it to Frenchie, but we didn't see what she did with the others. Yes. So we'll hopefully see it in the last episode if there was just real permanent V instead of temp V. I might, have a per- I might have a dinner party this Friday, but if there's no dinner party, maybe I can watch the boys. Maybe I'll watch some SmackDown. But tomorrow night, you know, I'm watching Dynamite. Tomorrow night after Dynamite, Kevin and I will be live for the whole effing show. I'm sure you'll be there. I'm sure Tyler will be in the chat. I'm sure Hutch will be hanging out. It's going to be a fun evening. Uh, I don't know what's on tap for Dynamite. I've been unplugged from AEW all weekend. It's been crazy. Blood and Guts last week was was one of the most fun shows I've ever had. I, I re-listened to Kevin and I talk about that. It made me laugh so hard to relive the Blood and Guts retelling. So we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, great. We covered Money in the Bank. Uh, we'll have to get into Impact more next week. I've been so behind on Impact. I, the highs of Slammiversary and the and the follow ups. I I will get into it. I'm just I'm very behind. So 
I will watch this against all odds, Gino, and we will have to talk about that next time. Hell yeah, man. It's going to be amazing discussing that next time, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night where Thunderstorm is going to win a big tag team match. I don't even know what that is. Is that Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm? Yes, that is their new name that they are Thunderstorm. <laughs> they should have got somebody else to team with because uh, uh, Love and Thunder comes out on Friday. So they probably could have got somebody else, like Brother Love and Thunder Rosa could have been a tag team, and that could have been Love and Thunder, and we, we missed that opportunity. Thor, Blood and Thunder this Friday. Do you know I saw the new Minions movie? That was really – that was fun. I know, Simon. I was thinking about going to see that, but this Saturday I probably am going to see Thor, Blood and Thunder. Yeah, it looks pretty It looks pretty good. Is Blood and Thunder or Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder. I think Blood because I just oh, want okay. – they, they need to make more dark stuff because, like, Doctor Strange was kind of dark, but it's because – of the guy who was the director of Evil Dead still kind of doing his whole stuff, which I do like his very obvious tricks that he likes doing, like the POV camera shot. Dakota says, Big Brother tomorrow. I have no interest. I have no interest in Big Brother this year. Like, even my wife was like, are we going to watch it? And I, I thought, we can. You know, and she was like, well, do you want to? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I have so many things that I watch, it's kind of hard to want to commit to a three-episode-a-week show right now. Like, I barely have time to watch the boys to talk about it with Gino. And once it's over, I'm going to be very upset. And everybody's saying I need to watch the Stranger Things show that I don't really. I've watched one episode, Gino. It was so boring. And everybody was saying, dude, like, after five or six episodes, you're going to love it. It's right up your alley. People tell me it's right up my alley. It looks terrible. It does take time to really get into the real stuff because, yeah, you have just these kids who play D&D and then you find out, oh, this demigorgon might be a thing or something. I don't know but what you don't that know means. until like later on because it's D&D kids that just play this stuff back in the 80s and 70s. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, Big, big Brother, and I think last year I thought the season was just so bad. I got really annoyed with everybody just kind of letting – like one race get together and win. Like it felt like a weird race war where only one race was playing. And like, if that was the case and the whole plan was just to have a black winner, let's just do a black season. Like that, if that's what they're going for, just do it. Like, I don't even know what the cast looks like this year. Maybe I'll do some, maybe we'll look into that this weekend, but not tonight. Gino tonight, we're going to get these uploaded and uh, we're going to ride off into that glorious sunset. What do you say? Yeah, I think we should ride off that glorious sunset. Looking forward to these two big major title defenses we're going to have tomorrow night where no titles are going to switch hands. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. It is on TBS, so title title changes are a little more rarer. Has the title ever changed on TBS? Just tag titles, right? I believe it has just been the tag titles. So, yes, I don't think the TNT title is going to change hands on TBS, nor is the world title going to change it. The interim world title. That could change it. Gross. Interim world title. All right, everybody. Have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow for the whole effing show.